Good evening, fans of Friday Night Lights. This is Howard Finkel, and you're listening to the Cliff Notes Podcast Weekly Pregame Show with your host, Clifton Grooms. And good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Week 12 edition of the Cliff Notes Podcast Weekly Pregame Show. I am your host, Clifton Grooms, and it is District Championship Week. 20 teams are going to be buying for the opportunity to advance either to a Final Four or to an Elite Eight. I call this, I think this is going to be one of the best weeks of the entire football season. So let's not waste any time. We got 20 coaches, 14 members of the media, covering 10 games from all the around the area. So let's not waste any time. Let's get started. Let's run down everything in Class 5, District 8. Before we preview the championship game, let's run down the scores. In a revenge game from Week 4, the Platte County Pirates were able to defeat the North Kansas City Hornets. 24-17 was the final there. And in the other semifinal, it was Staley over Park Hill South at a defensive game. 14-9 was the final there. So that sets up this. The three-seed Staley Falcons are going to be traveling to the number one seed of Platte County Pirates. We have interviews for both coaches and two members of the media. So let's not waste any time. Let's start off our interviews with the home team, the Platte County coach, Bill Oots. And that's coming up right now. And we're here on the Cliff Notes podcast talking Class 5, District 8 championship football action. We got Platte County head coach Bill Oots back with us. How you doing, coach? I'm doing well, thank you. Well, Coach, um, great football game on Friday night. Um, your boys were able to pull off a close one, um, 24-17. to um, You got a, a nice little uh, revenge game against North Kansas City. Got Was able to get that victory back on your, um, I don't know, back in the win column there. So, um, Coach, just um, walk through the game. Well, I tell you, it was a, it was a great game, a uh, great high school football game. There was tremendous amount of talent that was on the field on, on both teams. Um, and really back and forth the whole time. Uh, we scored we scored a field goal, then they came back and answered with a field goal. Uh, they were able to score a touchdown. We answered with a touchdown. And then they got one in right before half. Um, and so we were down seven and going into the half, came back. Um, actually actually had an opportunity to on a short field to be able to do some stuff, and, and their defense held. And, and uh, you know, kind of back and forth the whole quarter, and then we were able to get a score literally the last play of the third quarter. We got a touchdown to tie it up. And then, um, again, great play the rest of the, of the of the game. And we were able to get a the go-ahead score. It's about three minutes left. So, um, really a, 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 a great game all the way around. And I told, I told some people at the end of it that, um, you know, North Kansas City really probably walks away thinking that they – they deserved to win as much as we deserved to win. Um, it really wasn't a, a situation where someone made a bunch of errors. It was just it was just one of those deals where our kids were able to implement some stuff that we asked them to, and we were able to pull out a victory. Well, coach, let's talk about um, let's talk about the district championship game now. Um, you guys have a date at home against um, the number three seeded Stanley Falcons, who were able to um, defeat Park Hill South on Friday night. Um, coach, just um, Give us your scouting report on Staley, and um, what can we expect from the football game on Friday? 
Well, Staley itself, I mean, just, uh, you know, obviously Staley's been a very successful program in the, in, in relatively the short amount of time that they've even been in existence. So, um, you know, they're, they're extremely well-respected team. They do some very good things. Um, you know, obviously, you know, we're able to get the one seed, which is, which is awesome for us to be able to play it at home. Um, but it's a team that they just play really hard. Um, they, they do, they're, they're talented. They're well coached. Um, they play very aggressive. Uh, they've, they've probably got a few younger kids in spots than what they normally do, I guess. But, um, but a, a great, a great ball club. Uh, if you look at the scouting report, I, you know, I, there's definitely some things that that they have advantages over us, but I also believe that there's some things that uh, that we can that that we may you know tip our hat to the fact that maybe we're better in a few spots too. So, um, you know, you never know about championship games. They could go, you know, you, you obviously have two really good teams playing, um, but but momentum plays a big part in it, and so you know you could be looking at a, a game that goes down to the wire. And then, uh, or or you could be looking at a situation that gets lopsided, and you you just really don't know, especially uh, the you know how how high school kids are going to react to different adversities and so forth. Um, I know we're excited about it. We're we're happy to be at home, and and we're definitely looking forward to playing. Well, coach, I'm definitely looking forward to that championship game. Should be very very fun. Um, coach, I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, once again, third straight week you've been on, and. Um, Good luck to you and your boys on Friday. Well, I appreciate it. So, ever since we started doing this, we've been winning okay. So, we'll just kind of keep this thing rolling. And thank you so much to Platte County Coach Bill Oots for coming on once again. Third straight week, he makes an appearance there. So, his Pirates are set to host this district championship game against the number three-seeded Staley Falcons. And their head coach, Phil Light, also came on the podcast. It is his second straight time. After his team had a great game against Park Hill South, they limited a really, really good Panther offense to just nine points. So that's a really, really good defensive effort. Here's Coach Light's interview right now. And we're here on the Cliff Notes Podcast. We're talking Class 5 District 8 Championship football. We got the head coach of the Staley Falcons with us, Phil Light. How are you doing, Coach? I'm doing well. Well, Coach, it's nice to have you back for a second straight week. Um, your team, in a really defensive game, was able to defeat the number two-seeded Park Hill South Panthers. 14-9 was the final there. So, um, Coach, just um, walk us through the ball game. Well, it was a defensive battle. Uh, I mean, uh, both sides um, left it all out on the field. Um, defensively for us, you know, that's that's been kind of our strength. We've definitely improved uh, – on the defensive line, our defensive line play has been key for us here in the last five weeks and really was a, a major role in, uh, you know, finding a way to win Friday night against Park Hill South. But, uh, you know, defensively, um, uh, John Crutcher is my defensive coordinator. He does an outstanding job uh, along with my defensive staff. But it all starts up front, you know, the offensive and defensive lines. And like I said, defensive line did a really good job of, uh, you know, keep the quarterback within the pocket, not let him get out, extend plays. And, uh, you know, our secondary um, is probably the strength of our defense, our secondary. We've got a lot of returners back there, and they just did an outstanding job of covering. You know, Park Hill South has about four or five wide receivers that are, you know, just outstanding high school football players and with speed and size. 
Um, and we just did a really good job of, uh, you know, being able to stay over the top and, and get underneath some routes and stuff like that. So uh, I was really pleased with the way we played on the defensive side of the ball. Well, Coach, uh, that uh, that went on last Friday night, put you in to a district championship game this Friday night against the number one seeded Platte County Pirates. Um, Coach, um, just your scouting report as far as Platte County, and um, what can we expect from the football game on Friday? Well, uh, you know, historically when we play Platte County, uh, it's it's always been outstanding football games. You know, I, I talk about culture a lot with our with our kids and, and people that know us know that we have a championship culture in place. And, and one thing about it is uh, Coach Oots up there has done a, a phenomenal job of building the culture at Platte County. Um, so you've got two teams that have uh, experienced or are used to playing deep in the playoffs, you know, and high caliber football. So um, I think that's really going to be um, uh, something that's important for both teams to go in. And uh, we kind of know each other uh, from the past. We've played. Um, it, it's been a couple of years, but, you know, we follow each other. And uh, they are just uh, offensively, they are outstanding. They are explosive. They've got five skilled kids that are top-notch, some of the best I've, I've seen in the area. Uh, and statistically, you know, they're, uh, they're explosive offense and can put a lot of points on the board. And, and, and their quarterback's probably going to be the best we've seen thus far this year. Uh, he's a kid that can extend the play, get outside the pocket. Um, you know, I, I told our, uh, our team is, you know, you got to keep Superman in the phone booth. And uh, if we can keep him in the phone booth and get a little pressure on him, we feel really good about that. But um, we can't let him extend plays. He's got a very good arm. And like I said, he's got five kids uh, that he could throw the ball. And they're just all on the same page. One thing about it is, uh, you know, that's a concern is when he, he's outside the pocket and he's running on you, he can pull it down and, and easily get a first down or, you know, get 30, 30 40 yards like we've seen on film. But, uh, you know, what we see time and time again is teams that uh, in the secondary, they'll come off their man as he's running around, and those receivers just mirror him, and they do a scramble drill. Uh, you can see that on film, and he finds a way to get them the ball. So that's a really big challenge for us. So, absolutely. I think it's going to be a tremendous ball game on Friday night. I think it's going to be definitely one of the best district championship games in the Kansas City area. So, um Coach Phil Light, I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast once again and um, talking about your football team. And um, good luck to you and your boys on Friday in a district championship game. Well, we appreciate that, and thanks for covering high school football. That was Staley, Coach Phil Light, there on that interview. Thank you so much, Coach, for coming on the podcast for the second straight week. I did mention we had media members, too. We got two of them to cover this district. And the first one is a good friend of mine, Ross Martin, former sports editor of the News Press, doing a great job with PC Preps Extra. He was so kind enough to lend us a few minutes of his time. We don't have the full interview on here, but you can definitely check that out on a later episode of the Cliff Notes Podcast. But here is his comments on this week's district championship game. Yeah, so, you know, the, these two teams have, you know, played somewhat recently, having met in the regular season in, in both 16 and 17. They were high-scoring games between good teams, and, and Staley won both. And looking back through the record book, uh, Platte County's never beaten Staley. So they're 0-6 all time. And, you know, Staley was that that fancy new school in the North Kansas City District not too long ago. And 
um, you know, they, they've, they've had that, that kind of edge over Platte County for a long time. And, and these kids know each other. Well, they run in the same circles and I think Platte County is going to be, you know, fired up to see them. Um, I don't think there's any doubt about that. You know, they've said from the beginning, you know, you know, class five is a, is a different type of road, but the goals remain the same. And so, you know, whether it was North Kansas city, Park Hill South, you know, Staley, Oak Park, they're familiar with those schools and, and they think they can compete against them and I think they want to show it. That was Ross Martin from PC Preps Extra. Thank you so much, Ross, for coming on. You can check out Ross's work at PCPreps.com or you can follow Ross at Citizen underscore Ross. We also had an opportunity to have another one of my good friends, also a former employee of the news press. That is Andy Meyer. He does work for Preps KC. Dion Clisso and those guys always do a bang-up job there on that website. Andy was so kind enough to come on and break down this game. He's seen the Northland teams several times this season and offered his thoughts on Staley at Platte County. Coach Phil Light does a remarkable job with that program. Took the reins from Fred Bouchard a few years ago and has been absolutely no drop-off in terms of just the culture and the consistent results that they get year after year they'll graduate a great senior class and here comes the next wave to sort of carry the carry the torch and keep up that tradition going you know the, this year has been a little bit uh, you know they certainly had to really work to get to this point they held off a, a really strong uh, Park Hill South team and what could be considered a mild upset maybe if Staley was the three seed the Panthers were the two uh, really, you know, defensive slugfest in that one. It was only 14-9 that they were able to come out of it and had a goal line, well, I don't know about a goal line stand, but they stopped uh, Park Hill South in the red zone to end the game and, you know, was a, just a testament to how, how tough defensively they have been as well. So they've got, uh, you know, a, a tough matchup and will have to be at their best and especially defensively again in that Platte County rematch who, you know, they've been, as you said, with the, the uh, sort of classifications coming out as late as they did. If Platte County was in class four, uh, man, they would be uh, probably favored to get back to that state championship game, I think. Uh, but they might be in class five as well, as, as well as their plan. Their defense has been, uh, this is one of the better Platte County teams, I think that has been around in the last few years. Uh, and then, you know, Chris Runke, their quarterback, it has just been throwing it all over the field. And he's got some, some great, uh, great targets to throw to. They're in the passing game. The running game is still trying to sort of find its way and it's been hit and miss, but, uh, but when you can throw the ball uh, as well as they, they can, that's been uh, the, really the, the key factor in helping them you know, stand up as one of the best teams in the state. They needed it against North Kansas City in the semifinals. North Kansas City is uh, an impressive team with some really uh, good players. Uh, they've got a great junior class, so watch out for them next year. If you're starting to look ahead a little bit to, you know, um, at this point next year, I would not be surprised if NKC is the one seed in that district, with this, especially up front. They've just got so much size uh, and a lot of speed. Uh, they run, you know, a pretty good option or uh, just, you know, their running game. They've got so many athletes uh, that, that are, some of which are going to be playing at the Division One level. Um, Daniel Joyner, I think, is going D1. I, I want to say to maybe a military school. Then uh, Dominique Orange, remember that name. He is a really big defensive uh, tackle who also came up with a made a really athletic play for an interception and people can go to the uh, preps KC YouTube channel see highlights from that game and anytime you get a uh, 300 pound uh, defensive tackle that's able to tip up an interception to himself and then run like 50 yards downfield I mean the, the, they've got a lot of really uh, great players 
but uh, Platt County, to their credit, was able to make the adjustments at halftime and uh, score the last two touchdowns of the game in the uh, at the very end of the second, uh, very end of the third quarter, and then into the fourth to advance and win by a touchdown. So uh, I think that that's a great district uh, as well. You know, especially when you consider four of stages in there. Uh, class five is so tough, and uh, you know, and the same exists on uh, the same is true on uh, the the district seven, uh, sort of on the other side. So it's, it's going to be a really fantastic to, to see whoever comes out of that. And uh, I expect another you know, great game between those two, Platt County and Staley, this week. Thank you so much, Andy Meyer, for that breakdown there. You're going to hear just a little bit more of Andy here in just a few minutes. But let's go ahead and let's move on to Class 4, District 8. Let's run down last week's scores there. It was the one-seeded Smithfield Warriors. They took care of business against Lafayette 42 to nothing was the final there. And in a thriller, Carney was able to defeat the second-seeded Winnetonka Griffins in overtime. 41-34 was the final there. So that sets up Carney at Smithville on Friday night for the Class 4 District 8 Championship. We're going to start off our interviews with the home team. That's Smithville coach Jason Ambrosen. Here's his interview right now. And we're here on the Cliff Notes Podcast talking, talking District Championship Friday. Is Class 4, District 8. We got Smithville head coach Jason Ambrosen back with us. How are you doing again, coach? I'm doing outstanding. Well, coach, uh, I think you have some good reasons definitely to be outstanding. Um, your team um, pitched a shutout 42 to nothing over Lafayette on Friday night in the district semifinals. Um, coach, just uh, walk us through the game. Well, you know what? We we took the opening possession and, and uh, started off with really good field position and uh, with our special teams, and then we're able to, to march the ball down the field and score right away, uh, which was great for us. Uh, Lafayette, you know, actually put together a couple of nice, put together a couple of first downs, did some good things, and uh, well, actually, we actually stopped them on downs, and uh, we had a, a uh, roughing, uh, the long snapper penalty when the Long snapper came out and blocked us, so that uh, gave them a first down. And then we ended up getting a turnover on that uh, drive uh, from them. They got a couple first downs uh, for that, but one by penalty and one uh, after that. And then um, we got a turnover and took it down and scored. Uh, then stopped them again, got a three and out, turned around, went down and score. And and um, you know running the football and being balanced in what we were doing had the capabilities that we played. Great in the kicking game, uh, great on defense, and then uh, finished the deal on offense and took a 28 nothing lead into half and, and really had control of the game and came out in the second half and, um, you know, got another turnover. They actually had, had threatened there and and um, were able to turn them away and, and um, then, you know, just kind of uh, solidified things down the stretch and then got a lot of kids in the game to play. So it, it was kind of a win-win in all situations for us and very proud of the preparation our kids had during the week, the plan and the way they practiced during the week, and to see it come to fruition on Friday night is a testament to our kids and my coaches. Well, Coach, let's talk about the district championship game now. Um, with uh, with their win over Winnetonka on Friday night, you guys are going to be facing the Cardi Bulldogs. Um, Coach, I know you guys played each other in week three. It was a victory for your Warriors. Then, um, Coach, just give your start, your scouting report as far as Cardi and um, – what can we expect from the rematch with a district championship on the line? 
Well, as far as week three, that, that game means nothing now. It was part of a schedule and part of a way to put together a classification on a, uh, on a seeding system. Uh, it means absolutely zero right now. Um, what we have to do is go out and play football, and, and whether it's for a district championship or whatever it's for, it's against uh, a team that you know really well. It's a team that's right down the road. It's a rivalry game, um, and it's an important game because it's the next game on our schedule that stands in the way of us being able to achieve the goals that we want to achieve. And so, you know, number one, I know that they're going to bring their best. I know they're going to be well prepared. I know they're always well coached. And um, it's going to be it's going to be a heck of a football game. Um, I, I, you know, whether you're playing for a district championship or not, I don't think it really matters. I think you have two teams that are going to bring their best anyway. Um, and I think what it comes down to, just like it does every week, I talk to our kids about it. It comes down to what kind of plan are you putting together? How, how willing how willing are you to practice that plan and be perfect with what you're doing during the week and prepare? And then how, how good do you come out and execute what you're trying to do on Friday night? And for us, you know, um, it, it comes down to those things for us and, and what we need to do, giving them uh, a ton of respect in that matter, but at the same time realizing that we've got to do what we need to do to get where we want to go. And, and um, you know, I would feel that they probably think the same way and there's someone standing in their way and, we talk about it all the time. What do we need to do to make sure that we get the opportunity to continue to play together and enjoy the game of football? And so um, those are the important things for us, and those are the things we're trying to take care of. Well, Coach, uh, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show once again. Third straight week we've had you on um, talking class for District 8 football, and um, good luck to you and your boys on Friday night. Thanks, Clifton. Appreciate it. Appreciate all the uh, – help with supporting our kids in high school football. You have a great night. And thank you so much to Warrior Coach Jason Ambrosen for coming on the show for the third straight week. We also had as a pony, that's Cardi Bulldog Coach Josh Gray on the show. He talked about last week's game against Winnetonka and a look ahead to this week's championship game against the Warriors. Here's my conversation with Coach Gray right now. And we're here on the Cliff Notes Podcast week. I, I, say, I think this is week 12 now. Week three of the postseason, and uh, we're talking class for District 8 football. We got Cardi Bulldog head coach Josh Gray with us again. How are you doing, coach? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. Uh, coach, um, what an exciting ball game on Friday night. A um, 41-34 to win over Winnetonka in overtime. Um, coach just walks through the game. Yeah, you know, uh, we we started out a little slow. Um and out of, out of the gate, but uh, you know, I think the one thing we got a, a had got a couple scores, and then it started a, right at the end of the first half, uh, got a score, and you know, our defense kind of bent a little bit, and you know, we made some adjustments at halftime and kind of uh, regrouped the troops, if you will, and and uh, went out and, and and started the second half with the ball, and you know, I think uh, offensively. We, we definitely started executing a little bit better than what we did the first half. And, and same thing defense, we got some key stops and uh, defense stepped up in some clutch times and, you know, uh, got us into overtime and uh, we were able to score and uh, in overtime and uh, kind of on our first play actually, and then kicked field goal and our defense uh, held them to, to four downs and, and that was it. And, and away we went and, you know, this time of year, obviously, you, you want to be hitting on all cylinders, and our, our kids did, the, I think, the second half. You know, we just uh, came out of the gate, I think, a, a little slow, and, and um, 
you know, adjusted a few things and 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 were able to to, to hit it the second half to uh, to win that second half, which was obviously key. Um, and and coming away with the W at this point in time is is uh, the most important thing. And look back on the film and and look back at that and see what you know what what did we do right and what did we need to improve on as as far as that execution piece um, moving forward and, you know, uh, things started out well this week so far with practice. So, Well, Coach, let's talk about the reason uh, why we're on here. Let's talk about the Class 4 District 8 championship game. Um, another date with um, Smithville Warriors. Um, it's, uh, you guys are pretty close together in proximity as far as the two um, cities or towns. Um, so, um, Coach, just um, give us your scouting report as far as Smithville and um, what can we expect from the football game on Friday? Yeah, Smithville's obviously a well-coached team. Um, they've got, they've got a bunch of, uh, they got some uh, good athletes as well, obviously. And uh, as we've seen before already this year, and, you know, um, obviously we're close proximity. We're about 10 miles away from each other. So uh, it's kind of a rivalry game as well. And, you know, I, I think for us is, is, you know, we've got a, um, make sure defensively we're getting some key stops in some key situations and not, you know, um, putting the, putting the offense in a bad situation by not getting off the field and, um, you know, doing those little things right. And, you know, off, offensively it's about moving the chains um, and, and, and making sure we're staying ahead of the, staying on track with, with where we're at and um, the execution piece that, you know, that's a, it's going to be a physical game. They they play hard nosed football uh, as well as, as we do. So it'll be a it'll be a hard hitting game. And um, you know, uh, any time that that you're you're coming back to to play a, a team again that you already played, there's there's obviously always some familiarity um, on both sides. And you know, for us, it's it's about making sure we're executing and and you know, uh, in all facets of the game that includes special teams. You know. Uh, this time of year, special teams uh, can make you and break you. So uh, we take a lot of pride in our special teams units, and you know that that's obviously going to be a, a key factor as it is every week. But um, especially right now, those 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 important downs um, get heightened even more. Well, Coach, um, I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast, talking about your um, team, your guys' win against Wanatonka. Congratulations on that, and. Um, Good luck to uh, you and your boys on Friday as you guys play for a district championship against Smithville. Well, I appreciate that, and, you know, uh, I appreciate what you do. And, uh, as always, uh, it's always good to talk with you. And uh, thanks for uh, getting us out there. Thank you so much to Bulldog Coach Josh Gray, Cardi at Smithville this Friday night for the Class 4 District 8 Championship. We also have two media members covering this game. I told you we would hear from Andy Meyer once again. He offered his thoughts on this week's Class 4 District 8 Championship game. You know, that Carney winnetonka game uh, on paper was always going to be a really exciting one. They played uh, really close last time. Winnetonka actually came from behind during the regular season matchup uh, to, to sort of, you know, get that one uh, and nip Carney at the very end. Uh, but this time it was, you know, I didn't expect it to be this much of a barn burner, honestly. I mean, Winnetonka has got some absolute uh, athletes and, and great skill players, Montre Moore, Jason Essex, and, uh, you know, and others that are, can put up points in a hurry on you. And Carney though showed uh, an explosiveness in their offense that was absolutely needed to sort of, you know, keep pace with them and be able to uh, 
you know, be able to, to score on their level as well. Uh, Ian Acosta was a, is a junior and, and played quarterback for them last year as a sophomore. He is a, a little bit of a do everything uh, type of skill player right now. And they use him as a, a little bit of a Swiss army knife in terms of, in the, you know, they'll throw it to him in the run game or, you know, uh, to some sweeps and they'll, you know, especially try to find him downfield and in, in the passing game, he made play after play and just had a monster game to, to really keep Carney in that. And then and pull the thing out in overtime. So you know, credit to them, Carney. They were a little bit of an unknown, I think, because they had a COVID nineteen related sort of layoff for two weeks. They went th- three full weeks without playing a game and going into districts against Excelsior. So it was a little bit of you know not sure how they were going to respond to that coming out of it. They've they handled Excelsior pretty well. Won a thriller against Winnetonka and you know got the got to the rematch in the district final against Smithville. With, and the regular season matchup between those two, Smithville won 28-10, and was, that was you know, anytime you can beat one of your fiercest uh, rivals that, by that margin, you're going to feel pretty good about going into it. And Smithville's put together a really fantastic season after graduating. Again, you know, talk about strong programs. Uh, Coach Ambrosian is doing a, a great job up there, and you know, year after year, they're, uh, they're competitive and they play well. Uh, this is with a new quarterback stepping in there as well. And just uh, they've had, had to deal with a couple injuries as well, but they just put together a really strong run of results. And again, anticipating a, a really great game uh, between two, you know, neighboring districts and uh, should be a, a really fantastic uh, district final. I mean, you want to talk about some of the, uh, the rest of the teams in that district, you know, Lafayette and Savannah uh, both had really successful seasons too, I think. And, um, I, I think that uh, wh- whoever comes out of that is going to be ha- have gone through the gauntlet and is going to be in good position to to continue advancing the postseason as well. And a huge thank you to Andy Meyer for Preps KC. You can catch his work at PrepsKC.com. Now, the other guy that we had breaking down Class 4 District 8 is a first-time guest on the Cliff Notes podcast. He is from the Courier Tribune. He covers Liberty, Liberty North, and both Cardi and Smithville For the paper, that is Mac Moore. We talked to him. We'll have his full interview tomorrow on the podcast. But here's his thoughts on this week's district championship game at Smithville. Yeah, this is one where uh, there is a clear favorite. The the favorite is Smithville. So knowing that, I'll I'll start by talking about Carney. This was, uh, you know, a tough year for them. They've had uh, a couple years where I I think the city of Carney would consider it down years where. Uh, you know, they've been very close to 500 and this one was, uh, you know, another team that they, they had a tough slate early on. They had to pull out a thriller in the very first game and overtime against Fort Osage. And, you know, in the first, I don't know, five weeks they're facing Smithville and, you know, they, they kept it within 18, but that was one where Smithville dominated the second half to win. Uh, I think they had to play, uh, you know, Platte County in there. And then uh, they finished off with Grain Valley and, uh, they tried to get it back on track with the first game against Winnetonka. I, I was there for that one. Uh, you know, 16-0, they had the lead. They, they had started to find their identity as a football team, running the ball. And, you know, when they pass, it was still off of having just two quarterbacks in that backfield that were pretty much interchangeable and were just as good as receivers and runners as they were as actual, you know, passing threats. And they, the defense just gritty will do everything it takes to bring down the ball carrier. And, uh, you know, it, it worked for a half against Winnetonka, then kind of fell through. 
Then they go and beat the brakes off of uh, Reed Springs. Then they hit this quarantine that kind of puts them out the final two weeks. So where they feel like they might have kept rising and got themselves on a level where they could have competed with Smithville. Instead, they lose those final two weeks. And when they head in the postseason, they're not sure if they're going to beat Excelsior Springs. They came out a little slow, let them score in the first drive, then just shut them down, controlled the game the rest of the way. And uh, I haven't actually got to watch the, the, the game tape of Carney versus Winnetonka yet. But, you know, uh, when you come out and you let that 20 points happen again, but this time it's at the beginning of the game, you're down. It looks like that you're just overmatched. You're not ready for this team. And for them to come roaring back the, the way they play, it's hard for me to count them out. That being said, Smithville has been head and shoulders better, and they have the same, you know, progression over the year. They keep getting better, and they're a very young team. They have a sophomore quarterback, Andrew Hedgecourth, back there throwing, and he can sling the ball. Plus, he looks tiny. He's like maybe 5'8", five, 5'9", five, but he's also a wrestler. I've seen him on the mat. The kid can go, and so uh, don't think because he's small, he's not tough. He is a very tough character, and you add in the the, the list of uh, wide receivers they have. They just have a bunch. Red Foster leading the way, and Hayden Sig out of the backfield. He does work every week. That's a that's a team that's both gritty and can throw it over the top if you think you're shutting down their run game. So, uh, as much as, you know, if, I, if you put me on the spot to say who would win, I it, it's Smithville by a lot, but, you know, once again, I want to see what Carney can do on the field before I say, you know, their season's going to end on Friday night. That was Mac Moore from the Courier Tribune. You can check out Mac's work online and in print. Definitely check that out. A lot of good things going on in high school sports and the Northland area. Definitely something to pay attention on if you're from that area. Let's transition now to Class 3, District 8. Let's run down the scores from last Friday night. It was Richmond, 62, Chillicothe, 41, and then Maryville just all over Cameron. 41-13 was the final there. I actually thought... Last week, that that game would be a little bit more competitive, especially with Cameron being at full strength. But I tell you what, though, this Maryville team is—they're—they're—they're they're, they're good, and they feel like this is a team that's really feeling that's hitting their stride right now. So, um, let's talk about this district championship game a little bit more. Definitely, Richmond is a very, very good football team in their own right. Definitely, with their win in the regular season over Lexington in the final week there. So, this is a very, very good football team in the Missouri River Valley East. So, the thing about Maryville, though, they have had trouble with these MRVC teams. You think of, you know, they've had a couple meetings with Oak Grove. They had a game with Odessa where they lost. And then, you know, they got they had a playoff loss to Richmond. I think it was in the early 2010s. But then they got Richmond coming up here. So, I think this game's going to be fun. We'll start off our interviews with the head coach of the Richmond Spartans. That is Nick Purcell, and here's my conversation with him right now. And we're here on the Cliff Jones Podcast. We are previewing the Class 3 District 8 championship game. We got the head coach of the Richmond Spartans with us, Nick Purcell. How you doing, Coach? Good, real good. Uh, coach, uh, you got to the championship game with a 62-41 to win over Chillicothe. Just, um, just walk us through the ball game. Yeah, um, we knew they were uh, we knew they were a talented team, and, uh, and we knew they had a, a good running attack, and um, their fullback is a really good player. Um, and uh, you know, we struggled to get them stopped there in the first half um, into the third quarter, but our offense played really well, and um, uh, we came out of half and 
had the ball first coming out of half and put one back on to get a two-score lead. And, um, you know, they, they kept answering back, and um, we finally got the stop we needed to kind of salt the game away. So um, um, we felt like we played uh, good, really well on offense, and, um, you know, we made some adjustments in the second half that really helped us defensively. And, um, you know, that's a, an option offense that's ran efficiently is – a difficult thing to get stopped at times and um, they did a good job um, I thought they played uh, as good a game as I've seen them play so uh, they deserve a lot of credit on their end oh absolutely definitely I'm um, definitely credit to coach Rulo and uh, Chillicothe Hornets there in that game so um, coach with that win on Friday night that moves you to the district championship game and once again you're going to be hosting as the number one seed you got the Maryville Spookhounds coming to town two really talented class three football teams of um, coach just um Give your scouting report on the Spoof Hounds, and um, what can we expect from the football game on Friday with a district championship on the line? Yeah, they, uh, you know, Maryville's always got a talented group, and um, this one's no different. Uh, good running attack and um, really sound on defense, and uh, Coach Webb does a good job with his, his guys. He always has, and he always has his teams ready to play, and, uh, you know, we're going to have to play a good game, a clean game, and um, got you know we got to match their intensity and you know we're gonna have to have a big game from our um, offense and defensive lines and and we've kind of you know hung our hat on those guys though throughout the season you know they've kind of made us go and um, you know our quarterbacks is a good player and we got some good backs and and receivers but really it's, it's those guys up front that have um, really carried us throughout this year so uh, we need another big one from them. Coach, I think it's going to be a fun football game. One of the best district championship games of the entire evening on Friday night. So um, that's up, Richmond Coach Nick Purcell. Coach, um, I want to thank you so much again for uh, giving me a few minutes of your time, um, as you have the past couple weeks. And um, good luck to you and your Spartans as you guys try to win a district championship on Friday night. Absolutely. Thank you. Appreciate you having me on. That was the coach of the Richmond Spartans, Nick Purcell, there. On that interview, always great to talk to him. Third straight week, we've caught up with him. But we do have an interview also with a coach that we catch up with every single week. That's the coach of the Berryville Spoofhounds, Matt Webb. We talked about their victory against Cameron and a look ahead to this week's district championship game in Richmond. Here's Coach Webb right now. And we're here on the Cliff Notes Podcast. We are talking the Class 3 District 8 championship game this Friday night. We got Maryville head coach Matt Webb back with us again. How are you doing, coach? Doing great, Clifton. How are you? I'm doing great, coach. Another great playoff win against Cameron. Just um, walk us through the game. Well, I was very pleased with uh, you know our team and, and, and the way the game uh, unfolded. Um, you know, we obviously had uh, week one our, our you know our playoff uh, first round game against uh, Kansas City Northeast and. And um, our goals were to go out and stay healthy and stay focused and continue, um, you know, to, to play a clean game and then get ready for week two and, and, and be able to host a good Cameron team. Um, I felt like we were able to really come out and play playoff football, which just mean, means we were able to run the football very effectively um, and stop the run against a very talented Tyler Campbell and, and Cameron scheme that, that is very difficult to defend. And um, I thought our kids just really, you know, executed great. You know, we, um, you know, defense just played lights out. You know, they took nine minutes into the first quarter before anybody scored. And, and um, you know, our kids didn't panic and 
we just kept, uh, you know, kept on doing what we were doing offensively and, and then finally got in the scoreboard. And, and obviously uh, we ended up rushing for over 400 yards and uh, really had, had some great distribution of our backs. Connor Weiss had a great game. Trey Houchin had a great game. Um, you know, obviously Cade Wilmus had a great, you know, in our wing T stuff, just very productive night. It was blocked really well. We were physical and, and played great defense. Well, as I mentioned at the beginning, we got another season of Maryville football, another district championship game. This time it's Richmond on the um, schedule. I've talked about um, district scouting report as far as the Spartans, and um, what can we expect from the football game on Friday? <clears throat> it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a, an awesome night. It's, it's, uh, it's a hardware game. Um, you talk about um, getting patches for your letter jacket. Uh, you look at uh, – being a really, are you know, are you really a contender in the state playoffs? Um, you got to get down to this uh, round of 16 and, and, and get into the quarterfinals. And, um, you know, it, Richmond's an excellent football team. They're the one seed. It'll be on the road. Um, they've got an unbelievable quarterback uh, talent. Um, you know, he's uh, he's dynamic. He's 6'3", 215. They run the option with him. He throws the ball well. He's a great scrambler. It's going to take a, you know, a whirlwind that they're averaging 40 something points a game. Um, just a really good football team should be a great matchup. Absolutely. It's all exciting when you get the district championship time. Coach Matt Webb, I want to thank you so much again for joining the podcast. And um, again, good luck to you and your boys on Friday. Thank you, Clemson. And that was the head coach of the Maryville Spoofhounds, Matt Webb. Thank you so much every single week, Coach Webb, for coming on the podcast and giving me a few minutes of your time. Now, we do have some media members Breaking down this game, we actually have five of them. Five people breaking down this game. And we're going to kick it off with the editor of the Maryville Forum. That is John Dykstra. Here's John's comments on this week's district championship game. Yeah, um, for for Richmond, obviously, um, with this district being mostly the MEC, they're kind of the team among the top teams that that we haven't seen as much in this area, but they have a great quarterback. Matt Webb told me this week by far the best quarterback they played this year. Um, just, just a really great athlete, can throw the ball, can, can do everything you want to do. And he's a big kid too. So um, he'll, he'll definitely be the highlight in the matchup that they'll be trying to stop on that end. I will say a strength for Maryville though, has been their secondary all year. So if they're going to try to throw the ball a little bit, they, they've got some veterans back there, some good players in that secondary with guys like uh, Matt Goodridge, Brady Farnan, uh, Connor Weiss, as I mentioned before, uh, Caleb Kreisinger, guys like that. So it should be kind of strength on strength on that side. And like I said, there's no surprise of what Maryville wants to do when they get the ball. They're going to run it. Connor Weiss is playing great. Um, Trey Houchin. Uh, had another big game against Cameron, and it's kind of that consistent fullback option. And then they got guys like Caden Steckline and uh, and uh, Cade Womas too, who who can get the job done and and mix in with with that multiple attack that they play. So it'll be interesting moving forward to see kind of the contrast of styles with one one team wanting to do it through their running backs and another team relying on their quarterback. So be an interesting, interesting game for sure down in Richmond. That was John Dykstra from the Maryville Forum. You can catch John's work with the Maryville Forum. Also, Anthony Crane also does work from them. You'll hear from Anthony later on in our eight-man segments of the podcast. So um, the next guy that we're going to hear from is the voice of the Spoofhounds, 
That's on 97.1 The Ville. That is Jeff Kahn. Jeff offered his thoughts on this Friday's game. Well, I think from a layman perspective, you just look at the, the two teams and the teams that they play, their schedules. There's no question that Maryville's schedule is superior to Richmond's. Uh, that being said, I, I think there's just a lot of unknown from from my perspective with Richmond. Um, again, given the fact of who they played, and then you look at last week, uh, the game they had with Chillicothe, a team that Maryville handled rather easily earlier this year, and and Richmond gave up uh, 41 points uh, to a Chillicothe team. It kind of, for me anyway, kind of questions how good this Richmond team is. Um, of course, you'll still have to play the game, but I think going in, I think there's no reason that Maryville uh, shouldn't feel confident uh, that they could go in there and get that win and, and win another district championship. That was Jeff Kahn from 97.1 The Ville. Thank you so much, Jeff, for offering a few minutes of your time talking about this week's district championship game in Richmond. Next up, we got news president now's Brandon Zinner. Brandon will actually be in Richmond on Friday night covering the game for News Press and for News Press Now. So we offered Brandon's thoughts on this week's game. So here they are right now. Uh, well, with Maryville, obviously, it all starts uh, in, the, in the trenches for them. And uh, kind of that's how Richmond likes to play football, too. This has a, the possibility of being just a, just, a, just a typical slobber knocker kind of game you expect in the district championship. Maryville going to do every can, everything they can to do. To, to run the ball and counteract that by stopping the run. And that's exactly what Midbuck or exactly what Maryville has done here since uh, what these last five or six games ever since dating back to their win against uh, Lincoln prep, they've kind of just found this identity uh, again with getting the right quarterback under center and Connor Drake, and then uh, just getting their guys and Trey Houch and, uh, and Connor Weiss uh, in sync with what they were wanting to do and it's just been super impressive to watch and and I think they're gonna have a really good chance to go on the road and beat a really good Richmond team that's been one of the best in the state all year long didn't lose it's uh lose until the late regular season and uh, Maryville they have a really good shot to go on the road and come up with an upset in this one thank you so much Brandon for your thoughts on that game you can follow Brandon at NP now Zinner. He'll be tweeting along tomorrow night's game in Richmond. Also, we hear from KQ2's Chris Roush as he offered his analysis on this week's Maryville and Richmond ball game. Well, I, I think Maryville's playing some really good football right now. I mean, you you go back to early in the season where you know they didn't have everybody. Uh, they started off with a fifty-one to eight loss to Blair Oaks, but you, you lose your quarterback in that game, and you have some quarantining issues. And then, you know, later in the year, you go play an Odessa team because you need a makeup game in the middle of the year because you don't have the Benton game anymore. So you play tough competition like that. But since that Odessa game, who Odessa, you know, tremendous year for them as well right now. Since that game, you know, Odessa's class three, District 7, I mean, they've, they're 10-0. and 0. So, I mean, that was a good matchup for Maryville to kind of see how, you know, things were going for them. But now, since then, Maryville, they've won five straight, including two in the postseason against Northeast and Cameron. And Richmond, they've got a really good quarterback down there for Richmond. I mean, he's going to be one of the better quarterbacks they've they faced all year. And so th this is a tremendous challenge for Maryville. They're going to be on the road 
down at Richmond. But, yeah, I, I think the Spoof Hounds, the way they've been playing lately, sets them up you know, pretty nicely here going into the district championship. Thank you so much, Chris. You'll also hear from Chris and Brandon both later on in the show as we get closer to Class 1 districts there. So um, our last person that we're going to hear about from District Class 3, District 8, is Prep K- Preps KC's Cole Young. He covers all the small classes for Preps KC. Here's Cole's thoughts on this game. You know, I think really it comes down to one thing, and that's um, how well that the Maryville defense can control uh, Keyshawn Elliott. You know, he's a dynamic player. Um, you know, he likes to – He honestly, he likes to do more with his feet, I think, than his arm. Uh, like a lot of teams in the smaller classes, right, you run when, run when you can, throw when you must. Uh, probably a lot similar to Maryville. Uh, so, you know, as we look at Maryville, you know, they kind of had a couple couple bumps there early on when we kind of looked at their schedule and, you know, we kind of said, oh, man, what's – we kind of saw them lose to Blair Oaks early on. I thought, oh, man, what, what's going on? Um, but then, you know, they're really their they're only losses with those – the three losses they've had this season are the three, you know, excellent teams. And Blair Oaks, who lost, what, one game to Valley, and Pius, who's undefeated, and Odessa, who's undefeated. So – you know, they've got some really good wins, and they've been playing great down the stretch. Uh, this one shapes up to be, you know, I I almost kind of lean towards the Spoof Hounds right now, the way they're playing. Thank you so much, Cole, for offering your analysis on this district. Um, you'll hear from Cole a few more times during this podcast, so definitely check those out there. So um, let's move on now to um, Class 2, District 8 now. We'll run down the results from last week. It was St. Pius the 10th. They were able to defeat the fourth seed of Brookfield. That was 20 to 6 was the score to that game. And then Lafayette County, the three seed, was able to defeat the two seed, the Lexington Minutemen. 21 to 14 was the final there. So that sets up Lafayette County at St. Pius the 10th this Friday night for the Class 2 District 8 Championship. We will hear from both coaches and one member of the media talk about this district. And to kick off our coaches' interviews, here's St. Pius the 10th head coach, Anthony Simone. And we're here on the Cliff Notes Podcast. We are talking Class 2 District 8 Championship. Uh, we got St. Pius, the 10th head coach, Anthony Simone with us. Coach, how are you doing? Doing great. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, coach Simone, uh, your team got off to a great start in district play with a 20-6 um, to win over Brookfield last Friday night. Um, coach, just uh, walks through the game. Uh, well, it uh... – you know, just like we uh, expected, it was a great football game. That's a, a great uh, football team over there in Brookfield. They had a lot of seniors on that squad, and and uh, that was a, a really, really good football team. They were really well coached, and uh, it was a great battle. But, you know, we, we were able to come out of the gate and, and uh, get get on the board pretty quick, and defense was pretty pretty sturdy for us in, there, in, in that, the first part of that game. And and uh, Brookfield just uh, fought back, and, and we gave them a big one. We had a turnover, and uh, they had a little toss pass on us, and, and we gave them a big one there. And then, uh, you know, they were able to move the ball a little bit on us. They drove down the field with that with the midline beer um, offense that they run, which is uh, they, they do it to perfection. And, uh, you know, our guys really stepped up to stop that because that was, you know, that's, that's old school football, but uh, – when you run it to perfection like they do, it's it, uh, it's it's a scary thing. And me being a defensive coach, it's a definitely a scary thing for me to see that. And and they did run it to perfection. And our guys just they played tough and they battled. And uh, you know we told them going in it was going to be a battle. And, and 
we ended up we were able to hold them off there, and, and uh, it was just a one heck of a football game. Well, Coach, uh, let's talk about the championship game this Friday night. Um, with a with a twenty-one to fourteen victory over Lexington, you now have a date with Lafayette County at home. Um, Coach, just uh, talk about your scouting report as far as the Huskers, and um, what can we expect from the football game on Friday? Well, once again, it seems like we're in that stretch now, and especially coming from the league that we're in, it, it's uh, it's it's going to be a battle. It's going to be a hard-nosed football game. You know, they're they are very very big. They're talented. Um, they're strong. They're very super aggressive. Um, they just seem like when you watch them on film, they're just a, they just look like a tough football team, um, a group of tough young men. And and uh, we know it's it's going to be another knockdown dragout. It, it, it's going to be you know, uh, one of those games where two teams are going to come out and just want to hit and, and pound each other. And, and, uh, and, and hopefully you're standing at the end of the night, but, uh, yeah, they're, they're very, they got some really, really good size there. I know, um, they're young. They've got a lot of young talent. Um, and, and they're not only they're young, but they're really, really good. And they're, uh, they're really, really big and really strong. And, and, uh, you know, it, it's going to be, it's going to be a battle for us, and and uh, it's going to be a really tough matchup. But uh, you know, we're just going to we're playing it on, you know, strapping it up, and and uh, you know, we know it's going to be four quarters of of uh, battle and four quarters of a hard hitting ball game, and and that's what it's going to take. So, you know, we're going to see a lot of the same stuff. It looks like, and you know, they run a different version of that double wing and and uh, buck sweep stuff, and and they just there's nothing fancy about it. They just play that old school football and, and they want to, they want to drive the ball right down your throat. And, and uh, then they got some athletes that can hit you um, on a big play here and there. If you're, if you're not careful. So it, it's going to be, it's definitely going to be a big tough battle for us, but uh, you know, just uh, we're looking forward to it and, and, you know, another, another tough uh, football game for our club. Well, Coach, I think you guys are doing a tremendous job this season. It should be a tremendous football game there, Class 2 District 8 Championship game. Um, Coach Simone, I want to thank you so much again for coming on the podcast and giving me a few minutes of your time. And um, good luck to you and your boys on Friday. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you, Clifton. Thank you so much, Coach Simone, for joining the podcast. So um, we have a first-time interview, and that is with Lafayette County Coach Steve Cook. He took a few minutes out. To join us, he shares his story, short and sweet. We talk about their regular season and playoffs, and we talk about this week's game against the Warriors for a district championship. Here's Lafayette County Coach Steve Cook, and that interview is coming up right now. And we're here on the Cliff Notes Podcast. We are talking Class 2 District 8 football. We got the championship game this Friday night. We got a first-time guest with us. We got Lafayette County Coach Steve Cook with us. Coach, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Oh, always a pleasure. So, um, Coach, uh, first thing we like to do um, for first-time guests is really get to know the coach a little bit, um, who Coach Cook is, and um, some of your coaching stops, and um, how you got to Lafayette County. Well, this is the the interesting thing about it, and it doesn't happen very often, is this is my coaching stop. I uh, graduated from Central Missouri, uh, Central Missouri State in 2002, uh, you know, went to a real small, real small high school in Central Missouri, and uh, anyhow, ended up here. Started volunteer coaching here in the fall of 2000 when I was still a college student. Got an assistant job, uh, became the defensive coordinator in around 02. After a couple of years of volunteer coaching, 
became the head coach in 07. Uh, the fall of 07 was my first year as the head coach and been the head coach ever since. Hey, hey, that's a day. One stop. You know, hey, that makes it all easy, doesn't it, coach? It it does. It makes it clean and easy. So, uh, coach, uh, let's talk about uh, your 2020 season. First, um, we'll start with some of your kids. I know um, there's a lot of um, people in, the, in my listening area or uh, people that listen to the podcast that may not have seen you guys play. Um, can you talk about, like, some of your, ki- some of your kids that would be um, – featured on Friday nights if they were to like listen to a game or watch it on a stream yeah you know our, our we got fullback Austin guard uh also inside linebacker you know whale of a player for us uh, you know he carries a lot of our load offensively um then we've got you know our, our quarterback Josiah Golden does a great job for us signal caller also a, a free safety for us um offensive tackle uh Cade Limbach just a sophomore but but he's 6'3 Six three three ten. Uh, we think he's got a, a whale of a future ahead of him. Does a great job for us, and you know he'll be a next level uh, type kid. And just uh, you know, we've we've got a lot of strong kids that that work hard and come to work every day and, and do a good job. Well, uh, coach, uh, let's talk about um, some of your seasons. So um, your regular season, you guys had a really really good regular season. Played in a very very tough Missouri River Valley Conference um, East Division. You guys finished. Uh, you guys are nine and two so far on the season, and um, you guys are three and two in the league. Um, Coach, just give a brief um, summary of your guys' regular season. Well, you know, we were able to get off to a, to a fast start, and our non-conference, our first four games, we get into our non-conference. We get into our conference schedule every season, week five, and uh, so our first four ball games are non-conference. Uh, we really got rolling along pretty well. Uh, we really like, you know, we we do have one uh, metro opponent that a lot of your listeners probably know of is in the Summit Christian, Summit Lee Summit Christian Academy, and uh, you know we we play them week four and they've got a whale of a team this this year. Uh, they moved up to class three, but that's been a real good series for us. You know we we played very well that week four night and uh, ball game was tied at 28 with three minutes to go and and we hit a 31 yard field goal that put us on top. And ended up winning that ball game 31-28. Uh, you know, so that ended our our non-conference play on a high note. Uh, week five, uh, our, our one of our biggest conference rivals, Richmond Spartans, who are also playing for a Class Three district championship um, Friday night. Uh, they were we played them here at home and, and had a tough loss to them. It was a very competitive, close ball game all the way through. But that was our first loss of the season. And, you know and and then we ended up losing one more ball game to uh, Lexington week seven. Uh, but, you know, that we were able to avenge that loss just this last week uh, as we played them in the district semifinal game. We had to travel back to Lexington. Um, we beat them in the rematch 21-14, and it was a, it was a good, hard-fought football game. Absolutely. Uh, definitely a lot of uh, KCI opponents on the schedule, too, when you're talking Hamilton, Lawson, and Lathrop. Uh, definitely you guys have played. So, um Coach, um, after that victory against Lexington, that um, brings you to a um, district championship game against um, St. Pius. Um, Coach, just uh, give your scouting report on um, the Warriors and Coach Simone's ball club, and um, what can we expect from the ball game on Friday? You know, the the St. Pius got a whale of a ball team. You know, very athletic, uh, very athletic, and they fly around the football field in and, and all phases of the game. They do, do a great job. We've seen a lot of uh, – a lot of big time plays from them in all phases of the game, special teams included. And you know the uh, 
their backfield backfield along with their quarterback and you know I'm not real good at names and when we do scouting reports I'm more of a numbers guy but uh, number 14 wide receiver for them has had a whale of a season and uh, you know they just have a lot of energy and uh, you know have, have made a lot of plays and just one of those deals that you know they've been in some competitive ball games but their their effort and got a lot of swagger on the field and you know it's put them in good situations and then they won a tough MEC conference that uh, you know has has some of the top programs year in year out in the state and and they uh, you know finished that up undefeated so says a lot about their program and and coach got them rolling in the right direction for sure. So um, coach, um, I want to thank you so much for um, joining the podcast for the very first time. I appreciate you for um, taking a few minutes of your time and um, good luck to um, you and your boys on Friday as you guys play for a district championship. Hey, thank you for having me on. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, Coach Cook of the Huskers, for joining the podcast for the very first time. Very much appreciated. So we got one media member to talk about Class 2 District 8, and that is Preps KC's Cole Young once again coming on to talk about this matchup to the Huskers and the Warriors. Here's his thoughts on that game right now. You know, I've, 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 seen, I've seen Pius play for about three minutes this season, you know, in person when I was at the, doing that football tour a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, and then I got I actually got to watch Le- or Lafayette County play uh, when they lost to Lexington earlier in the season. Uh, you know, I think what we're going to see here is a game that's going to be very similar to that Richmond Maryville game. Uh, Lafayette County is going to try to run the ball and they're going to try to control the clock. Um, you know, what I think we'll see, what I think we'll see with with Lafayette County is they're going to try to use Austin Guard. He's a great running back. He likes to get a lot of yards. Um, you know, he's they've they've kind of avenged that earlier loss to to Lexington, so I think they got to feel pretty confident. Um, you know, in St. Pius, all they've done is win, and they've beaten some great teams, uh, you know, beating Maryville a couple weeks, you know, earlier in the season. And kind of if you look at them as a team, they're not a flashy team, and Coach Simone doesn't want them to be a flashy team, I don't think. Um, you know, they got Robbie Sharp running the ball. Uh, they want to get out ahead. Both teams, I think, want to get out ahead of you early, and I think they want to just control the clock. And I mean, who who among us doesn't want to do that as you go down the down the playoff stretch? So I look for this one to be a low scoring game. Thank you so much, Cole, for offering your thoughts on Class Two District Eight. You'll hear from Cole just one more time here on this pregame show. So this is we're going to get into Class One now, and it's Class One District Eight, and it's the Battle of the Buchanan's Battle of the Bucks, Part Two, 2020. This time it's at Fawcett. This time. It's for a district championship. Let's go ahead. Let's run down how these teams got here. Midbuck got here with a 55-6 victory over Polo. And then East Buck, they had a little bit of a tougher time than Midbuck did last week. An 11-8 victory over West Platte. Bulldogs had to kick a field goal to win the game. So 11-8, that's not a football score you usually see, but... You know, we've seen a lot of weird things this season. I guess we can have an 11-8 game. So, that's usually a baseball or a softball score there. So, East Buck, 11-8 winners over West Platte. No matter how you got to do it, hold on. Survive in advance to the district championship game. Now, this one is going to be loaded with coaches and analysts. So, let's not waste any time. Let's start with the home team. That's Mid Buchanan head coach Aaron Fritz. And our weekly conversation with him starts right now and we're here on the cliff notes podcast um talking class one district eight football we got our good friend baby candidate head coach aaron first coach how are you doing i'm doing all right how you doing buddy 
I'm doing good. Get ready for district championship Friday, my brother. So, um, coach, um, another impressive effort by your guys. 55 to six over Polo. Just um, walks through the game. Well, we we didn't start out super well. They they took the ball and held on to it for oh probably six or so minutes and and just hung on to it and lined up for a field goal and ran a fake field goal and um, they didn't get it on us but they they kind of caught us off guard because they kicked three of them last week and we were fortunate enough to stop them and then we got the ball and marched right down and scored really quick and um, right after that we kicked off and we got them to fumble it got the ball back and scored really quick again but. They, they did a good job with their offense, and they, they snapped the ball with about five seconds left every time. They'd hang on to it, and I, I don't know if we were getting too anxious to hurry up and get the ball back to see if we could score, but we just did some things that we haven't been doing defensively, and we, we got it cleaned up and things, but we it was the first time in a long time we've had to come out and play in the second half and not have running clock, so I thought that was a good learning experience for us because that's just not going to happen every week, and we did a great job. We came out focused in the second half after a quick chat with the coaching staff and really jumped on them. And, you know, by the midway point of the third quarter, it was up enough where we were able to rotate a bunch of guys in and get everybody to play. So once again, everybody got to play, but we had to do it a different way, which was um, good for us and a good learning experience. Well, Coach, uh, we got the Class 1 District 8 championship game. Uh, it's going to be your third straight title game. Um Got a rematch of the Battle of the Buchanans or the Battle of the Bucks, whichever one you want to call it. Um, East Buchanan's on the schedule again this week. Um, Coach, just uh, give us another scouting report as far as East Buck, and um, what can we expect from this rematch on Friday? Well, you're going to see a different East Buchanan team a little bit. They uh, they were without uh, White, number eight, when we played them last time, and number three, Webb, didn't play last time, and number six, uh, Conaway, he wasn't. He was in a cast. He played. That was his first game back, but he wasn't his same self. And they, uh, they had everybody else, but they had just those guys out, and that was a little bit different for them to uh, probably play us then. But they're all back now, and that was probably the first game they played Friday night where they were all healthy. And man, they moved the ball up and down the field and did a lot of good things. They just didn't finish, and I'm sure that's just having a bunch of new guys back and different things and kind of getting everybody figured out. But uh, man, they're good. They are big. They're physical. They run the football well. Musser, their quarterback, he throws it well. If you give him any time at all, he'll pick you apart. So they're just a good football team. They're they're well coached. They're disciplined um, when they want to be, and, and they do a lot of things when they want to. Um, and it makes them kind of scary because if they want to be the most physical team on the field, they'll be it. And if they want to be the fastest team on the field, they'll be it. They uh, they just, they're able to change up their game plan each week depending on what they feel their strength is. So that makes them very tough. So uh, we're gonna have to make sure we're doing all of our keys. Um, correctly following the scouting report, getting lined up like we want to and, and blocking blocking like we want to on offense to make sure we give ourselves the best chance to compete because if we don't, they're, they're a good enough team to run us off the field because of their size and their their uh, speed. So we've got to do a good job of being ready to play. Well, absolutely. I think it's going to be a real exciting game. Um, I'm going to be there doing coverage for the Cliff Notes podcast, so it should be another fun game on Friday night in Boston. Um, Coach Fritz, um, I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast again every single week talking about you and your kids, and um, good luck to you and the boys on Friday. Cliff, we appreciate it, man. Thanks for all your coverage and all you do for high school football. Thank you so much, Coach Fritz, as always, for coming on the show. Now, we also did get an opportunity to speak with Bulldog head coach Dan Ritter. He also is a weekly guest of the Cliff Notes podcast pregame show. We talked about his close game against West Platte 
and his opportunity for a rematch with the Dragons. That comes up right now. And we're here on the Cliff Notes Podcast. We are talking Class 1 District 8 Championship Football. We got East Buchanan head coach Dan Ritter with us. Coach, how are you doing? I'm doing really well. Thank you. So, uh, Coach, uh, you advance on to the district championship with, a, with an 11-8 to victory over West Platte, a score you really don't see in high school football too often. Coach, just walk us through the game. Well, it was definitely a nail-biter. We did not perform the way we wanted to, but uh, our defense did come to play in the second half. Uh, I think just about any other coach would have not kicked that last goal we were on the three yard line we have some really powerful offensive weapons we just couldn't get them rolling all night so I was like well, why not try it let's kick an extra point and, or a, a field goal and that's what we did and he kicked it on through so yeah it was a pretty unique evening um, not the way you chalk it up but it was fun yeah sometimes you know coach you got games like that so you know nonetheless you know a win and a, a win is a win and um you guys are in the district championship game this Friday night, and you get a rematch with um, Mid Buchanan. So, um, Coach, um, how excited are you for the rematch to be able to get a second chance to play these guys and um, for a district championship? And um, what's your um, any new scouting report as far as Mid Buchanan since the last time we talked in Week Seven? Oh, it's it's always good to get a second chance at a team that pretty much had their way with you the last time. It's fun to, to be able to try to redeem yourself in that regard. But uh, we all know that Mid Buchanan is a dominant, dominant force. And they have some great players. But really, we kind of emphasize that it's a faceless opponent this week. I mean, everybody knows Javen Noyes. They know T.J. Runyon. They know all these guys, uh, these receivers. They know uh, Stetson Brandt's little brother, Rollins. I mean, these guys are, are an amazing team. We are all well aware of them. So we're just kind of going – going at it by their numbers and uh, giving ourselves the best chance to be successful. Uh, we know that they are good, but doggone it, if we come to play, we can be in a ball game and we can get this done. Well, Coach, I think it's going to be a real exciting football game. Uh, I will be there once again for the Cliff Notes podcast doing coverage. So, um, Coach, uh, I want to thank you so much for joining the podcast once again, and um, good luck to you and your boys on Friday. Thank you, sir. I appreciate your time and you always representing our team well. Thank you. Thank you so much, Coach Ritter of the East McKenna Bulldogs, as always, for coming on the show. Boy, where do I even start as far as the media appearances here? We got seven people to talk about this game, all different angles. We're going to kick it off with Regional Radio Quick's Chris Ward. Chris, take it away. Well, I, th- I mean, it's, it's the same game it was, what, five, six weeks ago uh, when we saw it. Um, I think the, the onus is on East Buchanan to, to come out and, and challenge Mid Buchanan and give them something different. Uh, as we talked about previously, uh, I was pretty impressed. I liked the idea of where they were at when they first played. As you saw, they came out, they slowed things down. They were doing things a little differently. They were breaking the huddle with like 10 seconds on the play clock, sprinting up, getting a snap off real quick, not letting Mid Buchanan make those little adjustments, those little alignment things that you have to do to recognize what's coming at you and kind of read the play. Uh, I thought that was a very good plan. Uh, the trick is you have to keep Mid Buchanan from scoring when they have the ball so you can slow it down. Uh, 
Uh, the oldest is going to be on East Buchanan to do that. Now, if you look back, all these games, there's been a lot of rematches in this division. Each one of those rematches has been a little bit better than the regular season. One. East Buck North Platte, a little bit better, even though it was still a pretty big widespread. Uh, just last week, East Buchanan had a dogfight with a, a pretty scrappy West Platte bunch, a team that they kind of uh, gave it to. I think it was like a three-score game uh, when they met in the regular season towards the end. So rematches are hard. It's not going to be easy for uh, Mid-Buchanan just to come in. East Buchanan's not going to lay down. It's a rivalry game, all that, but they've seen it. Now that they have an idea when they're practicing all week this week, what they're getting ready for, they can kind of game plan exactly what they saw, what Midbuck did to them. Now, of course, Midbuck's got good coaches over there. They're going to try to adjust and change some things up too. Uh, but uh, East Buchanan's going to have uh, the opportunity here to, uh, to to spend some time thinking about it. They, if they've seen it, they've got it on tape. They know what happened to them. They know what worked, what didn't work. So, uh, again, they've got good coaches. Coach Ritter's a, a good, smart, young football mind. Uh, Coach Musser is obviously a, a veteran of the for, the for the age, a Hall of Famer in my book. Uh, that guy knows his football. He's forgotten more than any of us probably know combined. Uh, and, and they've got some good youth assistant coaches in there that really uh, kind of keep the spark up. Trick is they got to sustain um, – withstand that first punch uh, mid bucks one of those teams likes to come out and hit you right in the face really quick and then get you back on your heels you can't let them do that you have to withstand that first volley or at least keep up with that first volley uh, you, you may not stop them but you better answer it uh, and kind of punch them in the mouth back see what happens that's the that's the answer to a bully right is the bully picks on you you punch them back and see if they can take that east buchanan better punch back thank you so much chris ward for coming on up we will hear from chris one more time as we talk about Class 1, District 7. Also, Chris will be covering this game. This is the 100.1 Regional Radio KKWK Game of the Week, so you can check that out. 100.1 on your FM dial or online at NorthwestMoInfo.com. Let's move on to our next guest. I told you we would have Chris Roush back on. He's back. Chris Roush from KK2. What are your thoughts on the big Battle of the Bucks? Part two in 2020. Well, Clifton, this will be the fifth time in a row these two teams have met in the postseason between these two. So, you know, you, you look at this, you know, they met in 19, they met in 18, they met in 17, they met in 16 in the state tournament. First two times through, though, East Buchanan won. The last two times, Mid Buchanan's won. In fact, Mid Buchanan's won the last four matches between the two after East Buchanan controlled this rivalry for the longest time. But the, the things kind of shifted in this rivalry between the two in that 18th season. Mid-Buck lost a regular season game by six. I think that was an overtime game, if I remember back right. And then in the postseason in 18, that was when maybe Buchanan made that, that state semifinal run that, that first year. I, and that one maybe kind of caught people off guard. The Dragons did that. But they beat East Buchanan in the semifinals. They kind of kicked things going, keep going there. Last year, they met again in the district tournament. Maybe Cannon won again, and now it's a chance for best, best of five at this point. It looks kind of like because both teams have won two and two. Maybe Cannon's won the last two. And the thing about this game, I, I think, is interesting, is that East Buchanan's the underdog in this one. And, and they, they've accepted that mentality and what they are. Uh, I've talked to Coach Ritter this week about it, and you know they're embracing the fact that they are the underdog here because for so long, maybe Buchanan was considered the underdog in this rivalry because East Buchanan was making state runs. And you go back and, you know, East Buchanan controlled things for a little while. And he said, let's, let's just face it, that's, a, that's what it was. The Bulldogs were kind of dominating the rivalry. But 
now it's maybe Cannon that's won the last four matchups. So East Buchanan's that underdog that really on, on paper you think maybe they don't have much to lose because everybody's looking at what maybe Buchanan's done because they're the number one team in class one. They're the team that's been, you know, at the bullseyes on their back. East Buchanan, there's no pressure on them, so to speak, in this one. They want to win this game. And, and this rivalry, you can kind of throw out the stats and everything you want to. These two schools, not separated by much. They know what's at stake. They know the bragging rights. Maybe Buchanan, tremendous football all year long. There, there's very, very, very little that maybe has gone wrong for maybe Buchanan outside of a couple plays here, here and there every week. They've been almost perfect through the entire season. But now you have an East Buchanan team that has a chip on their shoulder coming into this game. I think that sets this up tremendously for a fantastic showdown in the district championship game. Thank you so much, Chris Rash, for coming on the show. Once again, we will hear from Chris just one more time. But let's move on now. We also got news press announced. Brandon Zinner back to talk about the Battle of the Bucks. What are his thoughts on this huge district championship game on Friday night. Here's Brandon. Uh, I think that definitely you got to think that the cards might be a little bit more in their favor just because they last time was the first time uh, Coach Ritter had had seen and coached against Midbuck as, as the head coach. So uh, there might be some stuff on film that, that that they can pull from, but this Midbuck team is just playing uh, just just so well. Javen Noyes is playing near, near perfect, not turn the ball over doing so well in the ground game and just keeping keeping things simple, finding his holes there. And then you, know, you just look at the, the receivers that he's able to go to, uh, whether it's uh, Rollins Brandt or Wayne Ellison, uh, TJ Runyon out of the backfield. I mean, they just have so many guys who are playing their roles right now. Uh, and that's really what it needed to come down to this year with the skill position guys that they graduated, like Christian Skaggs and whatnot. And then whenever they lose – uh, they lose one of their top top guys earlier in the year, uh, Drew Russell. Uh, these guys have just kind of bought into what they need to do and playing great defense, and then offense is playing near perfect, and they have not been been able to be slowed down yet. And it's a tall task for East Buck to ask him to do it here in a district championship game when Mid Buck has had an eye on getting getting to a state championship for the first time in all year long, and it's gonna be tough for East Buck to come on the road and be able to slow that down. Yeah, we have quite the Class 1 District 8 championship game. Number one, Mid-Buchanan versus number two is East Buchanan. Not only is it the district championship, but it's also a rivalry matchup that we've all come to know and love. And as you mentioned, Clifton, you and I were both there for the regular season matchup, and there was a lot of talk surrounding the two programs and how exactly the turnout would be. I mean, both squads were unbeaten so far on the season and the dragons ended up getting the best of the bulldogs 49 to 21 but you and i were both there we saw the first quarter the bulldogs kind of controlled the tempo in the beginning and then just in that second quarter the dragons went away with it uh in that first half alone midbuck you know had 408 total yards compared to east buchanan's 99 something that's quite characteristic of the dragons to have just an explosive offense but also at that point, just in that first half alone, uh, senior quarterback Javen Noyes was 8 for 10. He had 277 yards, four touchdowns. And then Lane Allison and Rollins Brandt, they combined for five touchdowns. So that was all in that first half. And then the two squads go into the break. They get their backups in. And, again, East Buchanan just couldn't put the numbers up to match Mid-Buchanan's dominance. So 
that was quite characteristic of the dragon there in class one. And we all have come to know and love their style of play, but it's important to not overlook East Buchanan as well. Uh, I actually have had the, I watched their previous three games as they, when they went on to route Atchison County, West Platte, or excuse me, uh, excuse me, the Dragons run on to route Atchison County, West Platte Polo, but I'm talking about East Buchanan. I've been to their past few games uh, against uh, um, North Platte and West Platte, and boy, I have not seen a football game like I have seen against West Platte, East Buchanan. They were hosting them in Gower. It was a dog fight. It was a game that eventually was decided by a field goal, 11-8, to eight. Uh, and I think that's something that we should focus on with the Bulldogs is they know how to put up a fight. And in fact, when I spoke with head coach Dan Ritter today about his game against Mid Buchanan on Friday, he said he wanted to put up a fight against the Dragons. He wants his team to play with confidence. They need to eliminate those big plays. And in fact, he even said he's just honored to play on the same field as the Dragons. So that's something that we should focus on with the Bulldogs. Now, looking back two years ago in 2018, Mid Buchanan beat East Buchanan in the Class 1 District 7 semis for the first time since 2009. So the Dragons have had, you know, the control of this series the past few years. But as we know, East Buchanan has controlled it for decades. And then in 2019, Mid Buck topped East Buck 49-22 in the semis. So, there's plenty on the line on Friday night, and exactly what I want to see from East Buchanan is if they can eliminate those big plays and kind of control the tempo again and keep that tempo control throughout the second half. And then Mid Buchanan just has to do what they do best with their offensive powerhouse and their big plays and, um, again, essentially not overlook the Bulldogs and how they're going to put up a fight. Thank you so much, Michaela Day, for coming on. You can get to know Michaela a little bit more as we post her full interview with us on Friday on another special episode of the Cliff Notes Podcast. Let's keep the guests rolling now. How about coming back from Iowa to cover this game? Clint Dye is going to be in Fawcett, also covering this game for the Clinton County leader. Here's his thoughts on the big championship game. Well, as you know, you were there for the first time they met this season, and the first quarter was a really competitive quarter. It was 14-7, to 7, you know, mid-buck came out quick, and then East Buck was able to respond pretty quickly with a big pass play for a touchdown, and they went down just 14-7 in the end of the first quarter, and then as you know, the second quarter, mid-buck just kind of took off from there, and like you and I had mentioned, it escalated quickly in that second quarter, and uh, Mid-Buck was able to roll. I mean, East Buck did get a couple late scores to get them the most. They scored the most anybody scored against Mid-Buck this year, but those were late in the game when it was kind of already in control. So it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out this time around. Um, I talked to Coach Fritz a couple times the last few weeks. He he knows that East Buck's a tough matchup for them with the athletes they have and the rivalry as it is being what it is. So it could be, I mean, uh, it could turn into a close game. I mean, last year when they met in the playoffs, it ended up being a 49-22 win for Mid-Buck, and they kind of controlled it from the beginning. But East Buck landed some early shots and were able to keep pace just a little bit. So um, East Buck's got quite the hill to climb tomorrow night or Friday night if they want to get, you know, if they want to pull off the big upset. Um they got to come out and probably play their best game of the season, I think, if they're going to get this win. Thank you, Cliff, for coming on. Definitely share your thoughts 
on this game. You can definitely check out Clint's work on the Clinton County Leader. Always does a bang-up job there. He's got retrospectives, game breakdowns, all that stuff. He has everything always covered with the Clinton County Leader there. So, um, another member of the Clinton County Leader we had an opportunity to talk to. That's the editor, Brett Atkinson. Brett offered his thoughts on this week's East Buck, Mid Buck game. He said it should be a tremendous ball game on Friday night. I, I think everybody, you know, you have to play the games no matter what. You have to play the games. But I think a lot of people had this district championship game circled with the uh, the expectation of seeing East Buck, Mid Buck um, in it and ready to go again. So often, these two schools, they produce such good programs in basketball, football, other sports. They're always in each other's way. And it's uh, it's one of probably probably one of the best rivalries in Northwest Missouri. We've been pretty lucky to cover it. Um, it it's going to be interesting. I think you get to this point where where you get to the district championship games and everybody's good, nobody's a pushover, so it becomes so much more about that chess match. What's what's the game plan going to be coming in? Who makes the better adjustment? Who adjusts to that? Like uh, you know, mid buck. What are they going to take from uh, that West Platte game that East Buchanan just played? What can they pick up on from West Platte that was successful, or what, how does East Buchanan counteract that? I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I don't know, you know, mid buck. They have so many kids with so much experience from the past three years. Normally, I look at you know a football team that had a buy. And they play a, a polo, they played a polo team last week that's much improved, but um, was I don't want to say a pushover by any means, but Midbuck obviously won that pretty handy. In a lot of instances, I would wonder if uh, you know if this is a bit of a I don't want to say trap game, but maybe they haven't been tested for a little bit. Does that open the door for East Buck? But you're talking about Mid Buchanan. You're talking about the experience they have. They're playing at home. And they know what it takes to get to a semifinal, and they are dead set on getting back there and, you know, going further. So, um, I don't know. It's going to be about the adjustments. We've talked about East Buchanan. They have not a lot of teams in Class 1 match up with a mid-buck. You talk about the size along the line or the speed or anything along those lines. East Buck comes really close to matching up with those guys. And that first quarter of that first game they played in the regular season, East Buck really hung with them before Mid-Buck pulled away in the second quarter. So it's going to be interesting to see what the game plan is coming out, how effective it's going to be, and who makes those big adjustments at the halftime and even maybe soon. Thank you so much, Brent Atkinson from the Clinton County Leader. You can check out the Clinton County Leader online and in print, and you can follow the um, Leader Sports at Leader Most Sports on Twitter. So, we got one more guest to break down Class 1 District 8. One more time, we got Cole Young from PrepsKC.com. Cole, what are your thoughts on this ballgame? You know, it was it was one of those games the first time where it really wasn't, um, really wasn't that competitive, if I remember right. Um, you know, Mid Buchanan's playing their best football of the season. They just keep playing great football. Um, you know, I I – We'll see what East Buchanan can put together. Maybe they've got maybe they've got something up their sleeve this time. 
but I would be of, of all district championship games this week. Uh, that one will be the biggest upset for me. Thank you so much, Cole, for um, offering your analysis on a few of these districts here in Northwest Missouri and the Kansas City metro area. Definitely, you can check out Cole's work on PrepsKC.com. Let's move on to the last 11-man class in our coverage area. That is Class 1, District 7. Let's run down the scores from last week there. And we got two upsets. And the first one, it was Hamilton defeating the one-seeded South Harrison Bulldogs. 40-28 to was the final there. And an absolute thriller. I thought this might have been the best game last week. That was Princeton upsetting Milan 42-36 to was the final there. I watched the, I actually listened to the last six, seven minutes of that ball game. Chris Ward definitely shout out great call on that game. We'll hear from him here in just a few minutes. So um, Chris called the ball game there. So uh, Milan actually had the lead in the fourth quarter. But when I listened, Princeton came back and tied the game. They took the lead and made one last defensive stop to win the game. So that was a very, very fun game in Milan. So we had an opportunity to talk about all that and so much more with Princeton coach Nathan Powell. Coach, here's Coach Powell and I's conversation right now. And we're here on the Cliff Notes podcast. We are talking Class 1 District 7 championship game. We got the head coach of the Princeton Tigers with us, Nathan Powell. How are you doing, Coach? I'm doing fantastic. Much better this week. Oh, yeah, um, definitely for sure. So um, let's get into that real quick. Um, you revealed to me um, off the record last week uh, before the game that um, you are not going to be on the sideline um, on, at the game on Friday. So um, definitely go into a little bit of detail as far as that. Uh, well, it was uh, <laughs> kind of go back in time here. It was uh, – Last weekend, I, I just didn't feel the best. And, uh, you know, it was one of those things where it, I mean, obviously I hadn't been tested, didn't have anything like that, and, and didn't have any, I would say, anything other than like it seemed like a cold. And um, so I just, on Sunday, I still wasn't feeling better. And so just to be safe, uh, you know, I just called in and said I wouldn't be in on Monday. Well, then uh, I just wasn't getting better. And so that dragged into Tuesday and then Wednesday. And so, um, you know, it was just staying in contact with my assistant coaches and, and really just staying in contact with the school and letting them know that, you know, I, I still wasn't a hundred percent. I still, you know, wasn't symptom free. And uh, then on Thursday, finally just broke down. My wife uh, started to get some symptoms too. And so we just broke down and went and got tested and uh, came back. I was positive and my wife was negative. So sitting in the same car with the same symptoms and having two different results on the tests kind of, I don't know, maybe wonder about the validity of the tests a little bit, but um, you know, it was, it was something that I, I kind of had in the back of my mind that, you know, I, I was starting to hit these symptoms that made sense that are following along with COVID. And, and so, um, as of Thursday, you know, it was, even without the test, it was obvious I wasn't going to be able to come back to school or, or coach and, you know, credit to my, my assistant coaches and to the kids, because, um, early on, I think, you know, we, we kind of knew that it, it, it might be a long shot, but I may be back, but, um, you know, all week long, those coaches did a great job. Scott Usry, uh, Cody Scroggy, Wes Gilkey did a fantastic job um, getting the kids ready and really taking on roles that, you know, they didn't normally have to take on. And, and our kids stepped up and showed their maturity as well because, you know, it would have been really easy to, to just hang your head and say, well, th something's not right. You know, things aren't going to work right. Coach isn't going to be there. Um, you know, there could have been a million excuses to make for, you know, why they didn't, why not, you know, why not show up on Friday and not play well. But uh, the kids – 
wowed me. And, you know, I think, um, you know, I, I made mention of it before, I think even on the radio and then on social media too, I was just sitting in my truck listening to the game on the radio and, and just tears my eyes with, um, it, it just amazed me and just swell up with pride thinking about all the things those kids went through all week and, and all the stuff the coaches went through. And then to have such an emotional roller coaster of a game, um, it was just fantastic. And, you know, I could not be more proud of all those kids. I could not be more proud of the coaches I get to work with. And, and really it just, it allowed me to step back and just be in awe of, of what I've been blessed with here in Princeton. Well, coach, let's get more specific with that game. Um, obviously, you know, we're talking district championships, so that means you're in the title game. So um, you were able to pick up a victory over Milan in a thrilling game, especially a thrilling, I would say probably last maybe six or seven minutes of the game where you guys were down in the game and then you guys came back all the way back and took the lead. So, um, Coach, just uh, walk us through the ball game. Uh, it was it was a roller coaster roller coaster of emotions for uh for me sitting there on the listening to it on the radio um but you know it was uh it, it was one of those games that we just talked about my coaches and I just talked about at practice um it, it probably couldn't have started any worse for us um we get the ball to start the game uh fumble the first two snaps get a punt away but then Milan goes down and scores and and then really you know um, the kids hung in there and, and we battle and battle and battle and we get back to, we, we score and, and get the two point conversion to tie it up. But then Milan comes back obviously and, and gets in a score. And then, um, with their kickoffs, they were, they'd squib kick everything. And, you know, you can rep that stuff and practice that stuff all you want all week long, but you just don't know where that ball is going to bounce or how, you know, you just can't prepare for every single thing about it. And it, it caught one of our kids and, and ricocheted straight back into their arms. And so, they picked it up and then quickly went down and scored again. And we went from a tie game to being down two scores uh, really in a heartbeat. And, you know, it was one of those moments where, you know, I wasn't there, but I mean, you could just feel the momentum shift. You could feel uh, that, that we were just on the ropes and then man, just God bless our kids, um, you know, executing everything they know to do. And, you know, Eli Hinky made a big play, uh, a big long touchdown run to, to get us within four. And then, you know, to go in at halftime, um, down just four points. I mean, you're, you're within a score. It was going to be huge knowing that Milan was going to get the ball to start the second half. And, you know, it, it started out exactly like the first time we played them, um, you know, within a score and then Milan gets the ball and, and just takes the air out of it and just completely grinds it down the field and scores. And, and really, you know, up to that point, we had not, we had not gotten them stopped defensively. And it was one of those wondering if, if it was going to happen, you know, they were, they were getting big chunks of plays and then just getting consistent drives. And, and then, you know, our kids would answer. And I think really in the second half, you know, as we were talking off the air, that third quarter was, was again, Milan kind of showing some dominance, but um, once you get to that fourth quarter, I think our kids had just never stopped believing. And then it was just a matter of really about 20 points and what, five, six, seven minutes, something like that. It, it was a flash, but, um, you know, we, we go down and score offensively, we get a big play, a big run. Um, then we get a stop or, you know, we get all the way down to the goal line and, and lose the ball uh, on a fourth down, um, get the ball stripped and Milan's got the ball and really a chance to just end the game. And defensively, we, we get them stopped. We get them into a third and long and then they drop back, throw a pass and just air it out. Riley Rhodes, one of our safeties, picks it off and returns it all the way for a touchdown. And so, you know, you go from anytime you can get a defensive score, it's huge. But when you can go from having that, that high of being right there at the goal line and then just having that rug jerked out from India and, and not scoring, but be able to respond immediately and pick up an extra score there. 
that was huge. And I think confidence-wise, momentum-wise, it just kicked our kids into a different gear. And then uh, we were able to get another stop, another big touchdown. And then it was a matter of um, holding Milan one more time. Uh, they punt the ball. They get a tremendous bounce. It, it bounces all the way down into the four, down to our four-yard line. And then in a matter of two plays, uh, our, our two kids we've leaned on all year, um, Ben Burwanger gets a big run on the first down play. Uh, and the yardage just defies me right now. But um, Ben breaks a big play. And then on the very next play, we hand it to Eli. And Eli breaks a play for a touchdown. So we go 96 yards in two plays to take the lead. And then, you know, I mean, Milan got the ball back, but I think for all intents and purposes, uh, that game was over. Our kids had, had taken control and our kids were sky high. And, and really it was just, like I said, it was a roller coaster of emotions up and down, up and down. And uh, my poor roof of my truck's probably got some extra dents in it. And I know my neighbors probably heard some colorful stuff, but you know, it was worth it. And uh, it's a game that I wasn't there. I wasn't a part of it, but it's going to be a game that, that ranks up there with, with one of the best that I've ever been um, involved with whatsoever. Absolutely. Let's get into the uh, title game now. You guys are actually going to be hosting this game this time. So um, you guys are going to be hosting Hamilton, who's the four seed. They beat the number one seed, South Harrison, on Friday night. So, um, Coach, just talk about your scouting report as far as Hamilton and uh, what can we expect from the ball game on Friday? Uh, they're – I mean, really, they're very, very similar to uh, to our track record right now. You know, they've um, started out the season kind of up and down and kind of trying to find their, their feet and their footing. And and right now, um, they're clicking. And, I mean, they're as dangerous as any team you're going to find. And so it's going to be really important for us to be able to uh, to compete with that. We've got to be able to match that, that level of confidence and that level of momentum that they've got going. And, and I think we can do that. I think both these teams coming in are, are clicking at the right time. And – you know, for us on the defensive side of the ball, we've got to be able to control the line of scrimmage and slow down that ground game they've got. Uh, Ross, their quarterback, and Morrow, their running back, are, are a tremendous one-two punch. Um, you know, they can just flat-out run you. They can run over you. And the, the style of option, the read option stuff they can do, it really puts a lot of pressure on your kids to, to execute their job and, and to not try to do too much because uh, – you know, it may not be the, the flex bone or the split back veer, but the read option stuff is going to put you in just as many binds defensively. And, and so we've got to make sure that our kids all understand what their role in the defense is and, and not trying to, to do too much or, you know, just lose their brain for a little bit and, and try to do something else. So um, it's going to be important for us to rep and rep and rep that sort of stuff and, and knowing who to fit. Um, offensively, um, they've got a tremendous defensive line. It's, it's probably the best D line we've seen in a while. And, and so it's going to be really important for us uh, to be able to control the interior of the line, really. Uh, Trosper and uh, Nick Storm both are, are tremendous inside tackles, and their DNs both do a solid job uh, of really just, if you look at their D-line, they're fantastic at getting their hands on you and making their reads and, and executing a lot of a big variety of, of D-line stunts. So um, for us, you know, it's it, it's not a real big secret. We're going to line up behind our big guys, and we're going to try to run right behind those kids all night long. And and it's going to be big for those guys to get control up front because if we have any sort of trouble or any kind of penetration up front, it's going to really shut down what we can do offensively. So for us to stay comfortable and do what we're good at, um, it's going to start up front like it has uh, really all year long. And, and as we've hit this win streak here in these last several weeks, the O-line's really performed well, and, and I just look for them to, uh, to kind of continue that moving forward. Well, Coach, I think it's going to be a tremendous ball game on Friday. Um, Coach, I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast once again. And um, great win for your ball club against Milan. And um, good luck to you guys on Friday against Hamilton. Thank you. I appreciate it.
Thank you so much, Coach Powell, for joining the show once again. Several straight weeks that Coach Nathan Powell's been on with us. So um, we also had an opportunity to talk to his opponent. That's Hamilton Coach Caleb Ober. We talked about their victory against his former stomping grounds, South Harrison, and a look ahead to this week's game against Princeton with a district championship on the line. Here's Coach Ober and I right now. And we're here on the Cliff Notes Podcast talking Class 1 District 7 football. We got the coach of the Hamilton Hornets with us, Caleb Ober. Coach, how are you doing? I'm doing excellent. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. Pleasure to have you on. Um, coach, um, last Friday night you walked into your um, old stopping grounds at South Harrison and grabbed a 40-28 um, to 28 victory in a district semifinal. Um, coach, just uh, walk us through the game. Uh, we we came out well and played very well. Um, they they started with the football and they were moving the ball fairly uh, well, uh, just kind of chunking us and picking up first downs. And then uh, we happened to get them into a third and long. I think it was after a penalty actually, and uh, they tried a halfback pass on us. And Corbin Henderson uh, made an excellent play on the ball and intercepted it on the five yard line. And then <clears throat> the very next play, Sawyer Morrow took it 95 yards for a, a long touchdown run. And that kind of set the tone for the game, and we were able to get some momentum there in the first first uh, quarter there. Uh, second quarter, a good football team. They settled in. Uh, South Harrison did. Uh, they, they beat us up a little bit the second quarter. They um, We only we had three possessions, and two of them went three and outs, and the last one was right before the half. So uh, they played really well that second quarter, um, and they were able to put uh, six points on the board. So it was 14-6 going into half, and uh, we were able to – we got the football um, coming out of the half, and uh, we were able to have a great third quarter. Our kids really responded well after halftime and, um, uh, you know, executed our adjustments well. And uh, we, we jumped out and scored 19 points there in the second quarter, I believe. And uh, I think going into the fourth with five minutes left, uh, we put up our last score, and I, I believe it was 40-12 to 12 at that point whenever they uh, started scoring a couple touchdowns there late. Well, Coach, absolutely, you were able to hold on to win that game. So um, that brings us to this, um, the Class 1 District 7 championship game. You take on a Princeton team who um, had a crazy fourth quarter against Milan on Friday night. So you got them on the schedule this week at Princeton. Coach, um, just um, your scouting report as far as the Tigers and um, what can we expect from the football game on Friday with a district championship on the line? Well, it's going to be a great football game. I, I, I expect it to be, you know, district championship should be good football games with two fo- good football teams. Um, they're they're big and physical uh, up front, both sides of the football, um, and they're fast. They, they've got some kids that um, have some lightning speed and they're very elusive. And, you know, both both of us like to run the football and hopefully, um, you know, we, we can uh, – our defense can settle in and make some open field tackles because – those kids uh, make some big plays, and they, they made a lot of them there in the fourth quarter uh, to get them back in this game and then eventually to win it. So, absolutely. Should be a fun football game on Friday night. Uh, that game will be on a regional radio can on Friday. So, Hamilton at Princeton Friday night. Um, Coach Obert, I want to thank you so much for um, coming on the podcast once again. And I'm talking about your team and talking about your players. And um, good luck to you guys on Friday for a district championship. Sounds great. Thank you very much. A pleasure to be on here. Thank you so much, Coach Ober, for coming on the show. Hamilton at Princeton. That will be on regional radio can on the radio. I'm not really for sure whether it's the FM or the AM station. We'll definitely be posting that tomorrow on the Cliff Notes podcast, what specific calling your station that is on. So um, 
Let's talk about some media members now. We got three of them. We're going to kick it off with another appearance from Regional Radio KKWK's Chris Ward. He had a little bit of taste of Class 1 District 7 last week, as I previously mentioned. Here are his thoughts on this week's Princeton at Hamilton or Hamilton at Princeton ballgame. It's probably the better game of the two in Class 1, honestly, as far as the matchup goes. Uh, I mean, that's just the fact that Buck's just that good. Uh, but, man, Hamilton, Coach Fritz and I have talked about this for the last few weeks. That's been his pick to win that district is because he just – that is – they play the KCI. The KCI is that good. It did not – I mean, it was an upset, but it didn't shock me that Coach Obert had his kids ready to go and were able to withstand what South Harrison does. That played right into Hamilton. What's Hamilton do? They've got a great line, and they run the ball well. What's South Harrison do? Great line, run the ball well. Those are two teams that are very much at it. I would say the KCI kind of battle-tested Hamilton. They've got they've played the better offenses throughout the year. Not that the GRC is bad, but the KCI is, the but to me, the best small school conference in the state of Missouri. Uh, you see a little bit of all that, so many different offenses and coaches and styles that you're battle-hardened. You're ready. You know what you're doing when you get to this level, and we shouldn't be surprised. Hamilton's done this, what, three years in a row. They've come in as not a top two or three seed and then played for the district title or won a district title. Uh, obviously, it for them, it goes on how those kids up front go, uh, you know, does, um, does the line really work? Can they get Sawyer Morrow out? Can Tucker Ross, you know, make the right reads of that option game? If, if you get that goal, Fisher next door for those guys up front, I know Eli's back. Uh, if, if, if the line can play well and they can run the ball, Hamilton can beat anybody. Uh, same thing for Princeton, though. I mean, uh, they've got they've got that thing figured out up there. Now, they can't have a slow start uh, against the Hamilton because Sawyer Morrow can put some points up quickly on you. But if they can run the ball and kind of go on those long kind of drawn out and then hit you with a quick slashing kind of play because both that Hinky kid and uh, the Burwinger kid, both of them, if they get loose and find a little seam, they can make you pay. Uh, Hamilton's got to watch that. If, and, of course, it's kind of the same game plan for both play good defense and try to get your run game going. And uh, that's going to be your good old school kind of football, you know, the punch counter punch kind of fight there in the middle of the, the middle of the field and just see who can break off the big plays and who can keep the run games and check the most. And uh, that, that game's very intriguing. I think probably the best game in Northwest Missouri for the weekend. Thanks so much, Chris, for coming on and breaking down another district with us. So um, next guest that we have is a first time guest on the Cliff Notes podcast. He is the editor of the Trenton Republican Times. That is Seth Harold. He covers Princeton and Trenton football. Here are his thoughts on the Tigers matchup with Hamilton this Friday. Well, my first thought when I saw that Hamilton um, beat South Harrison was that it's kind of cool because Princeton was um, their last district championship game was a couple years ago and they played against Hamilton in that game too. So it's kind of a a throwback to a couple of years with the schools, but um, both schools are a lot different teams this time around. Um, but I think it's going to be a good matchup. I think both teams really like to run the ball and um, it's just kind of going to be a battle there in the trenches to see who can, who can get more yards and who can get more points. So I'm looking forward to this one. I think it's a strength on strength matchup for sure. Thank you so much, Seth Harold of the Trenton Republican times. You can definitely check him out there. So um, one more guest, as far as Class 1, District 7, that takes us back with KQ2's Chris Roush. He offered his thoughts on this Class 1, District 7 championship game. Well, I think it's kind of one of those deals where on paper you think, well, in districts you've got the one and twos. But Hamilton, they play in the KCI, one of the toughest small school conferences in the state. I, I, I don't think that's really much of an argument. But 
Hamilton went in there, and Hamilton's done this before, where they've been kind of a lower seed in their district and just kind of been able to, you know, do things like this. Last year, though, they were the two seed in their district. But in years past, I know you've had teams out of the KCI that are lower seeds able to you know, kind of make a run because of how things shake out. I'll go back to 2018, they were the five seed in kind of the same setup of the district. I mean, they, they've had to face South Harris in the first round. Hamilton won the district championship that year. And so, you know, you look at the five seed, you don't think they're going to make it. But Hamilton plays a tremendous conference schedule. And the way district seeding works with points and everything like that just kind of, you know, leads up in true interpretation a lot of the time. But Hamilton's a really good football team. And Princeton, you know, they're not too long ago. They were making their own run not too long ago, too, for a state run. I think it was 2017 for them off the top of my head, if I have that correct that they ran into, I think it was, I believe it was, yeah, it was East Buchanan. They ran to them in 2017. And Princeton, tremendous, you know, 12 in one year that year. So Princeton, not too long ago, they they were right in the middle of a, a championship run as well, uh, trying to make a state championship run. So you know, these two teams, tremendous as well. This is going to be a fun matchup. And that breakdown by Chris Roush brings us to the end of our 11-man segment here on the Cliff Notes Podcast. I want to thank all these people for coming on. That's Staley Coach Phil Light, Platte County Coach Bill Oots, Preps KC's Andy Meyer, PC Preps Extras Ross Martin, Cardi Coach Josh Gray, Smithfield Coach Jason Ambrosen, The Courier Tribune's Mac Moore, Richmond Coach Nick Purcell, Maryville Coach Matt Webb, Maryville Forum's John Dykstra, 97 The Ville's Jeff Kahn, Preps KC's Cole Young, St. Pius X head coach Anthony Simone, Lafayette County coach Steve Cook, Mid Buchanan head coach Aaron Fritz, East Buchanan head coach Dan Ritter, Regional Radio Quicks Chris Ward, KT2's Chris Roush, News Press's Brandon Zinner, News Press's Michaela Day, the Clinton County leaders Clint Dye and Brett Atkinson, Princeton coach Nathan Powell, Hamilton coach Caleb Obert, and Trenton Republican Times Seth Harold. Thank you guys all so much from making this Week 12 pregame show possible. Couldn't be done without you guys. Like I said, that brings it in to the 11-man segment. Next up is the 8-man segment. We got 8 coaches and 2 media members there. So definitely stay tuned for the 8-man portion of the Week 12 pregame show.